Good morning. I actually wrote that down so I wouldn't forget to say good morning. Um, so we're, we get to continue this uh, incredible series through the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, if you don't have one, get one and talk to somebody at the info booth. We'd love to keep giving them out. Um, I love this series, the narrator's voice. Maybe a little scary for me. I get it sounds like Scar from Lion King, so I'm kind of on edge. But it's it's really good. Um, it's been helpful for me too because it is simple, and I need simple. It's not. I don't know. I don't know if any of you are like I'm not a kid. I'm not reading a kid's. Story. It's it is so good, and it helps point all to Jesus, which is what all of the Bible does. And sometimes I don't really catch that, but this has been so helpful. So. Uh, last week, Allie did such a good job covering Moses. That was last week, right? Okay, cool. But covering Moses, um, we examined how God revealed himself to Moses and to the rest of Israel and how God was the deliverer then and is our deliverer now. Um, so once they're free from Egypt, just for context for where we're at this morning, they'd been wandering around in the desert for 40 years because the leaders of Israel um, didn't trust God. God tried to get them out earlier, and the Israelites are like, uh, we just saw all you did, but I don't, I don't know if I trust you yet. They're, so they're wandering around for 40 years until that generation passes away. Moses passes away, and now Joshua, who we're talking about today, takes his place as leader. They cross over the Jordan River, which is on the east side of what's now Israel. It's actually the border if I'm, I think I'm right. I studied it. I could be wrong. And so, but just like God parted the seas for the Egyptians uh, to escape from the Egyptians, he does another thing. As they're crossing into the land that was promised to them, he stops up the Jordan River so that they can cross on, on dry ground. So just like he was with Moses, he's showing his people, I am still with you. I'm still doing the same things. So they cross into uh, the territory that God promised them. And uh, and they, <laughs> I write things in a weird way. I, they uh, consecrated themselves before the Lord, and they, they, uh, the, the men circumcised themselves, which I just had a son like a month ago. And that's like a weird way to celebrate. But, but they, they celebrate what God's done. They set themselves apart to the Lord. They uh, celebrate the first Passover you know, like Ali talked about when they put the blood of the lamb over the door in Egypt and, and the angel of the Lord passed over them. And um, so they're celebrating that for the very first time. And then so we pick up right kind of where the video leaves off or starts. Um, except there's three verses right before chapter six starts, which is the Jericho story. Um, and I'd like to study that because it's actually kind of the context for, like, chapter 6 just jumps in and it's like the Lord's talking to Joshua, but this actually tells us how in these three verses. So I actually want to spend more of our time here because the video did such a good job. Um, in the, yeah, so let's pull it. Yeah, you got it up. Great. So Joshua five thirteen through 15. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? 
The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And that's where we launch into this whole story where God's given him the instructions for how we're going to take down Jericho. But I want to pay attention to this man, um, the commander of the Lord's armies, because most theologians actually believe that this is pre-incarnate Jesus. Like all of our other stories, we've got to talk about how uh, it points to Jesus. Jesus is actually in this story, like before he comes as an infant, before he lives in Nazareth and, and, and dies on the cross, he like shows up for Joshua in this moment. And so I really want to pay pretty close attention to him. And we're kind of clued in that it's actually the Lord because angels always deflect worship, but, but this man receives it. Joshua falls to his face before him. And then also he says, take off your shoes for where you are standing is holy, which should sound familiar to us because it's the exact same thing that he told Moses when Moses was at the burning bush, right? So there's something about this man it's not just an angel. Um, actually, got a pre-incarnate Jesus or Christophany. Is that the right? Some, I'm just the bass player, okay? I don't just... Um, <laughs> so if this is Jesus, really want to pay attention. The story, if, I don't know if you caught it or if you've been following in your storybook Bible, the, the story is labeled the warrior leader, and it's talking about Joshua, but I actually think you could apply that to Jesus, which is really different than my image of Jesus. I don't know about you, but in this, as he shows up, uh, he's a soldier, and he has his sword drawn. Now, if you have your sword drawn, you are not just like a Civil War general back on your horse, just calling the shots. You are in the front line, and, and I don't know that we I don't, I don't know that I see that about Jesus. I don't know that we see that about Jesus. We just have this picture of him being super passive. Like he is God's chill son who went off to college and is apologizing for how harsh his dad is. He just got to get to know him a little better. He's really not that. But it's not true. Jesus is a warrior leader. Um, he's a seasoned and victorious warrior. And I love his response to Joshua's question um, are you for us or for, for them, basically? And he's just like, no, neither. It wasn't a yes, no question. And he just says, no. And so Joshua really asked the wrong question. He says, us or them? And the man effectively says, me. And uh, I was reminded of an Abraham Lincoln quote, actually, that somebody asked him one time during the Civil War if he believed God was on his side and Abraham responds, I actually think I have the quote up there. It says, sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. And there's something so humbling about that response that's just captured my attention, that this interaction between the man and Joshua. Um, because God is so loving and so encouraging, he calls himself the comforter and the counselor, and he promises that he's going to work things out for our good. And all of that is true. And we shouldn't get it twisted. God is not Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> he's not our coach or therapist just helping us be the best we can be so we can succeed. Um, although he, he does those things. But the Holy Spirit is, didn't come to be my sidekick so that on all my adventures I'd have success. There is something so much bigger than us going on in the world. 
and there has been for thousands of years. And this is all about him. Our jobs, our money, our relationships, projects and plans, conflicts, circumstances, ultimately about him and his story. And I think Joshua is having a similar realization in this moment. Because um, for the Israelites, God did a lot of things. He split the sea, destroyed the Egyptians. While they were in the desert, gave them manna from heaven and water from a rock. He was their cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Uh, and then he, again, he stops the Jordan River in its tracks so that the Israelites can pass. And he does it all, yes, because he loves them. But there is a bigger thing at play here. It goes back to the very beginning, and it goes back to his promise with Abraham. If you remember us talking about Abraham, God made a promise to him in Genesis 12 that uh, he would make Abraham's name great. So he's not like using Abraham as like, like a, a tool that you just throw away when you're done with it. He, he loves, so he, he's making Abraham's name great so that Abraham would be a blessing to the nations. Like, God favors Israel, and the point is that it would be a blessing to the nations. Um, he promised that through Abraham, peoples, all peoples on the earth would be blessed. Um, and so, still today, I think God wants to release blessing to the whole earth through his people, um, and in the process, God graciously and generously makes Abraham's name great. We get to be a part of the story, but it's not our story. Like, I'll, I'll get to that. I'm going to keep moving. Um, he loves us perfectly, and he's not selfish to just use us in a way. But yet, ultimately, God is for his glory. God will be exalted in all the earth among every nation, and we are invited to participate. I was telling Judd earlier, this would be, I was picturing like P.E. Dodgeball, and Jesus just casually shows up to P.E. Dodgeball, and he's the captain, obviously. And he, like, picks me, and I'm kind of last. Maybe there's, like, another person, like, down to the last two, and he picks me, and it would be like, he picks me, and all of a sudden I start talking trash to the other team. There's no way you can beat me. I got Jesus on my side. Like, wh- whose team is it really, right? Jesus is the, I have the captain Phillips. I am the captain now. Anyway, wait, I am just the bass player. Um, Something we've talked about at, at youth group is that we are not the, the main character of our story. We're invited into something so much bigger. Um, again, the, the man, he says, neither, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. And what does Joshua do? He falls to his face in reverence, which is a really vulnerable thing to do when you encounter a man with a drawn sword. And he says, what, does, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And Joshua in this moment goes from warrior, protector, leader of Israel to servant and worshiper. And um, there's something out of this exchange that I, I think Joshua is like reminded of the fear of God. Now, this isn't like his first encounter with the Lord, but he stays in this place of reverence. That like, I am ultimately for you. Like, yes, you are for me. You have proven yourself faithful to me. But Lord, I am for you. He falls to his face in reverence. Um, and I think he's going to need some reverence and some fear of the Lord, respect, however you want to call it, for what's about to happen. Because what's about to happen 
is he is going to walk back to his crew and he's going to be like, I'm used to like chords. Sorry. I was like looking, make sure I don't pull anything down. He, he's like walking back to his crew. He's like, all right. I pictured it like Matthew McConaughey, like, all right, all right, all right. So there's this man with a sword drawn and he's the commander of the Lord's armies. And the priests are like, okay, you saw a man and he is the army. He's the commander of the Lord's. Okay. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. Just imagine that, like, put yourself in the, in the soldier's shoes. Like, you see this huge fortified city. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go walk around it just once a day for a while. And then on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. And we're going to shout, and the wall is going to come down. Just imagine, like, you are that person in charge of Israel at that point, and that's the plan. And I think he needed fear of the Lord to actually go. He was more attuned to honoring the Lord than he was to honoring himself in front of his people. He cared more about what the Lord thought than he cared about what anybody else thought. And that will apply to us, I hope. Um, so, yeah, we saw in the video, they, they marched seven days, seven times the seventh day, with the, arc, the presence of the Lord. They lift up a great shout, the walls come crashing down. Um, and I really thought this morning about making everybody shout, but I'll spare you, you introverts like me. Um, so I, it's hard to know what to do with this because it's not like any of us are, I mean, some of us have served in the military, some of us are soldiers, but I have never once tried to um, tear it like, take over a city. I, that's just not something I encounter on my day-to-day, and I don't know about you, but it, so it's hard to like figure out how, what do we do with this right now. And, and so for the, but just kind of a disclaimer, the rest of this is pretty general. It's kind of abstract. I don't have a lot of specific examples because I'm hoping, I'm praying that we have an encounter with the man that leads us to go, what do you have? I just hope he speaks to you. I hope that we are in a place where we just want the Lord to speak to us to say, what is your message? What do you have for me? And so if it's not specific, that's okay. Just listen, listen for the Lord. Um, so this is another installment of Matt projects himself on to celebrate church and then preaches at them. Um, it'd maybe be more productive to start journaling again, but here we are. Um, like I said, I pray that we have an encounter with the man. This, starts, this whole thing starts for Joshua. This whole victory for Israel starts because they have an, an encounter with the man, the commander of the army of the Lord, it, who is Jesus. And we actually have more access to him than Joshua did because he's given us his spirit. I know we can't see it with our own eyes, but we have more access to Jesus than Joshua ever did. And we just need him to show up. Like at some point, heavenly wisdom, character of Jesus, and the fruit of the Spirit, spiritual power, it's not just the result of like good habits, good church attendance, good community. Those things really matter. But at some point, either you have an encounter with the man Jesus, or you don't. The good news is, he's not hard to find, and it's actually his desire to 
reveal himself to you. He has sent the Holy Spirit to us so that we can reveal Jesus to people that, that we could actually see him. Um, and from that place of encounter for us to realize that like Joshua, we are invited into something much bigger, something much older, something that's been going on for thousands of years. And so Joshua is invited into this old covenant made between um, Abraham and God. God hands over Jericho, and then eventually lots of things happen, if you read the Old Testament. Also, all protecting Israel so that Jesus the Messiah would come. So that what God had to offer for Israel, he could offer to all nations. And now that could be offered to us. And we'll go through until Jesus comes back and his perfect reign comes on the earth. This is the bigger story, and you are invited to participate. Because God could have brought down the walls of Jericho all by himself. Like he did, I don't think God needed them to do that, but he invited them to participate. Uh, Romans 8 tells us that because of the power and, and the faith, like the security that we have in the love of God, says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. That means we're at least conquerors. And I, I don't know <laughs> the things that I'm conquering recently. I don't know if it's really even a part of that story. I'm just trying to beat Jeremy in fantasy football. You know, like I... I'm going to look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're not trying to conquer people or political leaders. We just, there's always a face. And we're, it just feels like we're going after specific people. There's something much bigger at play. There is a heavenly spiritual realm all around us, just as real as the ground we're standing on. And, and we are called, this isn't just for like pastors and for your grandma who prays a lot. This is the battle that we are called in. We were given spiritual armor. You don't get, it's not like we, God wrapped us in bubble wrap to protect us. That's not the end goal of your life. That's not the purpose of your life or my life, to just be comfortable and protected. We are given armor. We're actually given a sword because there is kingdom, there is the kingdom of God advancing, and that's what we join in. I would much rather have the warm blanket of comfort and <laughs> the hoodie of convenience, but we are given spiritual armor for salvation, for peace, for the things of God to advance in and around us. Uh, I'm going to look at another passage, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. We live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. Let that be true of us on social media. Amen. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There is, there are battles to be won all around us. There are battles to be won in the spiritual realm all around us, and you're being invited to participate. And I, I gotta confess, I don't, I work here. This is my job. I'm in the prayer room every Wednesday, probably once a week, sometimes twice. I still don't live in this space with this awareness of what I'm called into, what I'm invited. I just uh, had my second child. I have two kids under the age of two. And so if I'm honest, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm trying to survive. I'm doing well. I'm okay. Don't, like, you can check on me if you want. I'm doing okay. We have food and things like that. But. And Anna especially, she's an amazing mom. I'm just, but like, my, as far as my purpose goes, right now it feels like I'm settling for just trying not to lose my mind. Like trying to be okay. Can anybody else relate to that? It's like our whole purpose, our whole thought life is just wrapped up in like, am I okay? Can I be okay? Can my loved ones maybe be okay? Uh, it's so many diapers. Two and I changed three when I, from when I woke up to the hour it took me to get. Anyway. So if our focus on, and our walk with God can just be survival, I think we think about obedience. We think about how Joshua was obedient um, in such a powerful way. It was like, I want you to go and I want you to take this city. I'm going to hand it to you. I want you to, to do this. And Joshua obeyed and he went and did that. But I think our picture, and I think one of the reasons that young people get bored of faith is because obedience to us feels like just not sinning. Like, if that's the whole of our faith, we are so missing out. This is just not, it's behavior management, and if we can't manage our behavior, then it's image management, and we spend all of our energy just trying to not fail, and God has so much more for us. I feel like that's, um, like Joshua's question is like, it's, is it, are you for us or them? And it's like, so it's me versus sin. Like, Jesus defeated sin. Jesus defeated death. It is worth like growing and, and, and character and, and not sinning. Is, it matters. We don't want to just like say, well, I just do whatever I want. I'm, I'm on mission. But the point is that if we're not on mission, if we're not advancing, like actively participating in the kingdom advancing, it becomes really easy to just turn inward and just settle for obedience means just trying to not mess up. Um, there's adventure in obedience. There's incredible power to be revealed in our obedience. Um, I was reminded of the example of King David. If you remember, King David um, had an affair, someone named Bathsheba, and then uh, basically set up and murdered her husband so that he wouldn't feel bad about it. But it all starts, that whole story starts with, um, at the time when kings would go out to war, David hung back. David was one of the most unstoppable warriors of all time. He was on, like, on mission. He was in his purpose, and he was advancing the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of God, and then he hangs back, and then temptation pops up, and he gets caught in this cycle of temptation, sin, cover-up, delusionment. And 
he lost sight of the bigger picture and it just became in here. All of his energy, all of his thoughts. Um, I just, I wonder if that's us. Like, do, is anybody, maybe just me. Again, this is the installment of Matt projects himself on Celebrate Church and preaches at them, but I wonder if that's just true of us. Um, when we're not on mission, when we're not actively thinking about advancing the kingdom, or just trying to survive, to do better, enjoy life. And I feel like the invitation for us this week is, let's have an encounter with the man Jesus, and let's get back on mission to do the things that he's calling us to do. Um, something that has been incredibly helpful for me, even in this last um, six or seven months, but then specifically the last couple weeks. Because I know this, the like, I'm talking about you need to focus on the kingdom advancing and not just in your own world, but like how. I, and the truth is, I don't know, I'm just the bass player. By the way, if anybody plays bass, that would be awesome, um, looking for bass players. But I am pretty analytical. I, I, I think about myself probably way too much, and I, I have been stuck in this place. Um, I started reading something called Voice of the Martyrs. I don't know if any of you have heard that, um, but it's, it's about real-world stories that are happening today about Christians who are being persecuted in different parts of the world. There's this 40-day devotional. There's actually one in the prayer room if you're ever in there and, and want to just, they have like 40 days of like telling people stories. And that was so helpful for me to remember that like I am part of something globally that God is doing to restore the earth. That was super helpful. Um, and then in the last couple of weeks, I've just been, maybe not as much as it sounds, I've been praying for Israel. I sit, so there are so many times I sit down in the prayer room and I'm just like, God, I'm here to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I want to feel a connection with you. And it never actually gets past that. It's just all, all that. And he's like, buddy, we're connected. Let's go on. Like, I've, there's stuff for us to do together. And, and so starting to pray for Israel again and for God, we can, exp yeah, I'm a bass player. That we just, I, instead of me just trying so hard to be connected, I started paying attention to what, He's doing in the world. And then I was connected to him. I got reconnected to my purpose as a prayer warrior, which is available to all of us, not just church staff. And it brought me so much life again. And, and I've been excited to connect with the Lord again. I've been um, yeah, I'm connected to my purpose again. And I, I just want to invite everybody else into that. I want to invite you into that as I'm just learning about this again. That there is stuff for you to do with the Lord. Your prayer is not insignificant. Your prayer is powerful. It really, really, really matters. It matters for you, but it matters in the world. It matters in the earth. And so uh, I actually, there's different, I've tried to come up with specific examples. Again, I just don't feel like that's what the Lord's giving me. I feel like the Lord is like, let's just listen and see maybe what it is. But there, is, there are strongholds in Knoxville. Just, there is a spiritual reality and spiritual realm over Knoxville, and there's war all the time. 
true of Pleasantville, true of Melcher, wherever you're coming from this morning, there's a spiritual reality that there has been a, strong, there has been a spirit of, of suicide over our students. That's not news to you, but let's not just think it's like random. There is a spirit of depression over our students. I just, I'm just even thinking about just the school. Depression, anxiety. Think about all the veterans that got left behind. There are spiritual things that are happening all around us on a bigger scale. And that is what you, we, you, us, were called into participating in that battle. And, and so... Actually, I'm going to change what I was originally doing, and I just want to pray all of us together specifically for our school systems. Um, it doesn't... The Lord might speak something very specific to you about how to pray, um, but if all you can pray, all you can think to pray is just, God, be exalted there. Jesus, be lifted up there. Pray that and pray it a lot. Pray it with faith. So actually right now, I'm just, let's just pray for our school systems because that popped up. I had a different plan, but I think we're supposed to do that. And I want you to pray. I want everybody to pray out loud so nobody's like listening to anybody else. It's just everybody out loud. We do this with our worship team. It's called One Voice Prayer. And then I'll, I'll close this up at the end. But just pray over our, our school system um, if, you, if it feels like, oh, that, this might be actually a spiritual thing going on, we're going to pray um, against that because uh, Jesus already defeated everything. The enemy's just trying to ruin what's left. And, and so we pray from a position of victory in, in Jesus. And so let's just do that for a second. I'm going to turn my mic off and I'll turn it back on when, to kind of close this up. But let's pray for our school system. Ready, go. I don't know why it matters, but saying it out loud is really powerful. So just have a little courage Would you, you speak out. Even if it's the same thing over and over again, it matters that it's said. We, we crush despair for our teachers, teachers who don't have any hope for their students anymore. We crush a spirit of despair. We crush hopelessness in the name of Jesus. There is hope in you, God. There is hope in you. We crush uh, a spirit of, of depression over our students, over our staff. God, let the light in. We let the light in in the name of Jesus. Let the light in, in the name of Jesus. There is purpose and there is hope for our students. Let the light in. Just keep praying. Jesus, be exalted in our schools. If you don't know what else to pray, just pray that. We're, we're warring right now. This is us stepping into our purpose. This isn't just like do this on your own. We're doing it right now. Jesus, 
Be exalted in our schools. Be exalted in our schools. Keep praying. It matters that you pray. It matters that you pray out loud. It just does. Be exalted in our schools. want to shift our attention. I want us to pray for Israel. God still has favor on Israel. The promises that we've been talking about are still true for Israel. But we pray specifically that Jesus would be exalted in Israel, in Gaza, among the Hamas and Hezbollah, and all the, all the countries that are partnering. But just pray again, even if you don't know what else to pray, just Jesus be exalted in the Middle East. Jesus be exalted in Israel right now in every military group, in every platoon right now. Jesus, be exalted. Pray that they would have an encounter with the man, the commander of the army of the Lord. That people would dream dreams and see visions of this man and would bow before you, Jesus. Be exalted in the nations. Be exalted in Israel. And I just pray for us in this room and those watching online, those who are connected here, God. Would you fill us with a sense of purpose and a power that only comes from you? You're the one who tears the walls down, but you invite us to participate. So would you lay a specific thing on our hearts that we could go after this week in prayer? That we would take our eyes just off of ourself and our own comfort, our own protection, that we would have eyes to see what you're doing here specifically, God. What message do you have for your servant? And just listen. See what thoughts come up. But just ask him, Lord, what message do you have for your servant? How can we participate with you this week? We have hope we're being pulled into an ancient story. And his kingdom is advancing and Jesus will come again. He has defeated sin and death on the cross and has raised to new life. We are called into a new purpose. So I'm not going to have you lift a shout because I want you to worship from your own heart and not just because somebody tells you to, but we're going to go into these last two songs. And I let, but let this be your shout. Let this worship response be um, your shout. Um, and I really genuinely believe that there will be walls that come down, spiritual walls that come down, maybe for ourselves, um, for those things around us that we're praying for so let's would you stand actually we're going to go into worship <clears throat>